This is the 18th season of Bass Talk Live. With your host, Matt Pangrad. BTL is brought to you by Lorance, Bass Cat Boats, AFCO, Strike King Lures, Sunline, Big Bite Baits, Spro, X-Zone Lures, Gamakatsu, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, and Pro Guide Batteries. PTL, coming at ya! Good morning and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live where we are going to talk bass fishing. Yes, I am uh, I am live from the Striking and Lose media event in Michigan. We are at the uh, the mitten. Uh, the mitten. We're at the very tip of the mitten. So like my middle middle finger there for mitten is where we are. There's Mark Zona. Right there, Mark Zona. Oh, yeah, I just, just jumped on BTL here. So, uh, Mark Rose, I'm going to be in the, the boat with Mark Rose next. Uh, we got some chaos going on here. But, wrapped up Hartwell, uh, ninth place finish in the Bassmaster Open. We are actually going to be back uh, in studio on Friday at noon. We're going to do two live shows on Friday. Uh, Frank Scalish, day four on day five will actually take place at 8.30 on Friday morning. And then at noon, uh, Bradley Hallman will jump on. I will have video of uh, the Bass Master Open on Lake Hartwell. But for the next couple of days, we're going to go live kind of intermittently. We're going to do a show here. And then later today, I think we're going to be able to do a live show with Mark Zona from the water. There is a, a squall, something that is some sort of weather event that is coming in. I actually thank, thankfully brought some shoes for the first time. Uh, for the first time all year but currently spent the first session with uh well those on btl this is uh like i said he's probably not used to being called this he is now it's kind of a joke this is jason shakur this is jay shakur it's got 102 pounds of smallmouth uh one of the best if not currently the best tournament walleye angler going right now and has been professionally full-time since 2007 correct uh, so we have, uh, we have somewhat avoided the, uh, walleye talk that has taken over TMZ and every single major, major network. But, uh, we've got, uh, Billy McDonald here, Mark Zona, Jay Shakuret, uh, Mark Rose, Mark Menendez, a bunch of different guys. I think Mark Davis is here, uh, as well. Josh Straysner's here. Am I leaving anyone out? Or is that it? So uh, we're kind of going to go over uh, the three E's, entertain, educate, and engage with BTO. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what goes on kind of behind the scenes at a media event. Uh, and then we're also going to uh, to get in the boat here shortly with Mark Rose. But uh, where, what lake are we even on? We are on Mullet Lake. It's uh, Burt and Mullet are kind of north central, lower Michigan. I've never been here before, but apparently there's some walleyes in here. I'm going to try and catch one in the next couple days. Uh, but yeah, just having a good time and, and getting some articles done and some videos and some pics and having a good time. Is it weird being here with your kid? I mean, you could be honest. I was talking, I was talking with Jason. I said, is this Jay's first like full-time reel? There's Jay in the background right there. Real kind of media event. Uh, and you've done these. You're you're yeah. an old pro. These yeah. you do these every single year for the past decade. I've or so. done quite a few of these. Yeah, it's neat to see my kid here. You know, obviously, I feel like he's like he's still too young to be here, but he's had a pretty good start to his career. So uh, to get him involved with some of these guys and kind of see the behind the scenes in the industry is pretty cool. It's really neat. Uh, one of the cool things we were talking about on the water, uh, like while you were trying to find some walleye and. Oh, we found sand bottom. There's supposed to be yeah. rock out there. There wasn't any rock no. out there. Was uh, I got a little bit kind of behind the scenes about Jay. You know, you sit here and you got guys who work for decades and decades to try to make it to the top level of fishing. Um, and then you see, uh, well, 
you know, the first, you know, the prodigy, Brandon Polinick coming in in his early 20s. You see what Jordan Lee has done. You've seen what Jacob Wheeler did winning the uh, All-American in 2011 at, at 19, 20 years old. And you, you, what you don't see is the behind the scenes and all the work, the time and effort that went in. And one of the really cool things uh, that that I was talking about uh, with with you was uh, kind of how you kind of put it on Jay, like, this isn't like the free ride, go out and fish. Like you, you no. started him from the beginning as, as far as doing it right, the process, the money, the back end of it, earning your way up. And that was something as a tournament right. angler yourself, you thought was really important to start with Jay. It is. And that's something that I think everybody should do is, is number one, you know, start at your local level and get to the point where you're consistently dominating the local level, but then you got to step outside your roots and, and start going more regional and then national and that's exactly what jay did and i said i said in order for you to do this you're gonna have to you're gonna have to fund your own way i'm not gonna support you know obviously i gave him a few rods and reels to get moving but as far as entry fees and travel expenses that's all on you because that's the only way you understand what a dollar is and it makes you work harder because it's your money and you know to get thrown in the elite series as fast as he did you know it was kind of a shock for all of us but just showing them the way how to get through the steps with sponsors to try and get some financial backing and and just take off. You know, you just got to let them fly, and that's what I did, and, and he's done well. <laughs> he's, he's good. The other thing he talks about is personality. Um, and, you know, I've covered this sport for 15 years now, and there seems to be kind of a common personality thread uh, that – you're either calm and cool under pressure and you have kind of a quiet confidence or you're like on the Iconelli right. spectrum, right? One way or the other. Jay comes across as a dude who's super mellow, super calm. Always been like that kind of growing up, even in the boat with you yeah. or is there, is he like buzzing underneath and, and just does a good job of hiding? Yeah. I'm th- you know, every tournament angler probably gets a little anxiety as, you know, as the day gets going and stuff like that. But you know, one of the things I taught him early on is once you leave the dock, it's it's you against the fish. It's not you against the hundred other guys that are out there. So just fish, fish your strengths, fish what you know. Don't worry about anybody else, and you know, come in with what you got at the end of the day and see where you fall. Don't don't get worked up about you know, my God, there's Greg Hackney and there's you know. I don't know. He's Trent kind of Val- he's Val- kind of intimidating. Out of all of them, Greg Hackney. Was yeah, he is. Him and Jason. Yeah, yeah, Christie's a he's an intimidating fellow, but when it comes down to it, they're all guys like us. We love to fish, and that's all we're doing is just out here fishing and trying to catch as many big ones as we can. So he's he's done a good job in his first four or five years at, at this career. You've had a tremendous amount. Of, have you won a million bucks yet on the wall? I'm right on the verge. Right yeah, on the verge. I'm of about nine hundred and some change. That's kind of a cool number. Right? <laughs> yeah. What do you think it is the common thread, regardless of what species you fish? We actually just did a day four uh, last week with Frank Scalish, where we mm-hmm. talked about becoming a better bass angler by fishing for other species and what you can learn. I kind of equate it to uh, sports. Like you see a lot of guys who are elite athletes were played a lot of sports growing up, not just one, like didn't just bass fish. But what do you think the common thread is? Uh, I mean, and you're a fishing family that's had yeah. success for multiple species that, that creates a good angler. You nailed it on the head by being just versatile and, and fishing a variety of fish because you can learn a lot from a musky guy. I can learn a lot from a, from a, a bass guy. It, the fish really relate to the same type of structure. It's just the different techniques. It's the different baits, just being versatile, you know, understanding, you know, like salmon, for example, and all the currents on the great lakes is a big, huge part of it. And that translates over to the bass guys and the walleye guys that fish great lakes. Uh, so just go out and, and catch as many different species you can and learn from all of them and you become a better angler. Can we look at some of your stuff, some of your walleye stuff? Sure. This is new for probably most of the viewers. Yeah. I don't think a lot of them yeah. have seen like what. I know top... you like my boat. <laughs> I do. So he's in a, uh, he's in a, uh, 621, a Ranger. 621 Ranger. And there is a lot of room for activities. Like if you're doing this in the opens and you want to put your co-angler back here, like you wouldn't, I mean, he could like yep. set up a camp. He could bring all the tackle bags and everything that he wants, but, uh, so I think a lot of people equate the walleye thing with just like, okay, in the bass world, right? 
trolling, planer boards, night crawlers. Like I was like, hey, should we have picked up like a dozen crawlers? And no. you were kind of laughing at me. No. But this is like some really technical walleye stuff too. Yeah, we're not that much different than any other, you know, bass guy out there. We'll get the sun out of there. You know, basically, you know, we're using our electronics like them guys are. We're forward imaging and all that stuff. And a lot of people think that walleye guys just troll. You know, that's how you catch them. And, and honestly, in the big national walleye tour events that I fish, I would say 25% of the events might be trolling. The rest are, you know, hand-to-hand -hand combat, casting to casting to a, a you know, specific rock or seeing those fish on forward imaging. It's, it's not much different. And we're, you know, this year the Lake Erie uh, championship we had was won by John Hoyer casting in August out of the eastern end of Lake Erie, which is the deepest part of Lake Erie. And honestly, John was casting to the weeds up in shallow water and catching giant walleyes. And all the locals there were blown away because you go to Lake Erie, you troll. That's what everybody does. And to have John win that thing by a lot, I mean, he dominated the event, casting less than 20 feet of water in the weeds. It's, it's just something that people don't really understand, but that's where the walleye game is, is going. All right, can we see some of the plastic? So this is another, I don't know, I don't want to get you in trouble on what's no, like prototype, good. what's not prototype. Yeah. Are you allowed to show some, some yeah, of the newer stuff? All right, so that. this is some of the stuff that comes up. This is another thing that happens at the media events too, uh, is a lot of the uh, pros get a chance to uh, work with uh, developers, with people who are from the company. They've been working for sometimes months, sometimes years on right. prototypes. This is kind of a time where they all get a chance to get together. And this isn't, you know, specifically just for like the striking or lose brand. No. This happens across the industry of yes. all the brands. And this is how a lot of the new lures get designed uh, by the pro anglers, by the guys who are actually fishing them. And then they get a chance to actually go out in the boat over these two or three days and, uh, and, and kind of, kind of, see what needs to be tweaked uh i know when we went through the the process with the bfe it was amazing to me how many different changes like millimeters and plastic compounds and colors and everything went into it but uh i know jason had you had some uh a bunch of different plastics that came out so is this this is all stuff that's like currently not out yet right this is real close to being out uh, i think 2023 you're gonna see these hit the shelves and i've been working with them pretty close to try and develop what I think a walleye angler needs to be successful. So, you know, different, different, both different sizes and actions of plastics. We've got paddle tails and split tails. And of course we have basically a small, medium and large sizes in all of them, but it takes a while to get the actions right. If we're pitching these on a heavy jig, you know, you want to, you want to have the right action. You don't want the tails following up in the books and, you know, you want that tail to wobble at, minimal speed possible um, just a lot of little tweaks but i've got here with me this week pretty much everything i would need to catch a walleye anywhere in the country and in, in about five or six different style baits so it's and then these will be like on the market in 2023 okay all right i'm looking at the instant feedback yes clay uh I, okay i hear it. i gotta ask top walleye guy didn't want to go there. We tried to just do it, but we're going there. Uh, have not done a show since the uh, we got lead in fish. Is that what he said? We got weights in. We got, we weights, got weights in fish. In fish yeah. We got weights in fish. Obviously, the thing went nuclear. Yeah. National news: ABC, NBC, TMZ, Fox, International, CNN. Fox. Um, this is your neck of the woods. This is your home. I mean. Are these guys that you've competed against? Are these guys that, I mean, what what was the backstory on this? It seemed like, and from everything you've read, that this was, like, not a shock. Yeah. And, and I, say what you want to say about yeah. it. I put you on the spot, but, I mean, are, are you yeah, are... Basically, no, I don't fish against those guys. Uh, that's a team trail out of, out of Lake Erie and northern Ohio. Um, basically, you know, the team events are our buddy events, so there's a lot of... A lot of things said about team events, you know, where you're 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 fishing with a guy, you know, and, and things do get sketchy out there at times. And obviously, we saw what happened a couple of weeks ago. And you know, I fished the pro am tour since 2000, so I get a different partner every day. I don't know who they are until the night before. And and so, you know, cheating at the level I'm at on the national walleye tour is basically non-existent. It's we pay two thousand dollars for an entry fee, and and 
fishing with a new person every day. So it's it's about as honest as a circuit as you can get. And and that's that's about as far as I'm going to say anything about it. I'm, I'm just happy they caught these guys because I've got buddies that fished against them and, and they took some of their money. And, you know, it's just a, it's an awful thing for the industry. It's terrible. All right. Uh, the other thing uh, that I wanted to talk with you about is, uh, you know, uh, work closely with the, the bass tank and John Sokup and the guys over there. And they've kind of got into it big time in the crappie world uh, with forward facing sonar. We've had, uh, we've had a couple guys in studio to talk about how that has completely revolutionized the crappie game. As far as, you know, guys who are dipping and stuff, you have Kevin Rogers who's dominating now. He's kind of reinvented himself right. with the forward facing sonar i'm curious um across the board has the forward facing sonar uh kind of infiltrated the walleye world and has that had as big of an impact as it has in uh bass fishing and and crappie tournaments absolutely 100 percent. it's taken over our circuits as well uh, like i said if you're not doing it you're probably getting left in the dust and and uh you know i've seen it firsthand i've for a couple of years i didn't have it and I had guys next to me just scoping out individual fish and catching them right out from underneath me. So yeah, it's it's across the board, no matter what circuit you're fishing, bass, walleye, crappie, muskies. I mean, it's it's here, so you better be on the bandwagon. What are your thoughts on that? I know that there, which I just did a deal with Mercer about like, should it should it be allowed, should it not be allowed, and 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 everything. Do you think? Do you are you one of the guys who looks at it as a as a tool and something that I mean, you were dominant before forward facing sonar yeah. came out, continuing to win after it, or I mean, yeah. is this thing here to stay? In your yeah. opinion, it's here to stay. There's no doubt about that, and it's it's just. It's the evolution of the game. When I started, we didn't have mapping. We had built blank GPS charts with a trail on it, and that's it. You know, when mapping came out, everybody said, oh, my God, my secret hump is no longer a secret. Everybody can drive to it. Uh, you know, the funny part about forward imaging is you can you can see the fish, but you still got to make them bite, and that's the hardest thing. You know, it's amazing how many fish are down there that you can't get you can't get to bite. And so it's, it's, it's really cool to see that and... and it's it's not like you throw it at them and they bite it instantly so it's it's still fishing it's still hard to get them to open their mouths but it's here to stay there's no doubt all right good stuff all right who are you supposed to be next are you supposed to be with these yeah i think so yeah okay we're trying to figure out who's supposed to be next i think i was supposed to i was supposed to be with mark rose next or am i here with billy anybody got that chart yeah, let me see. I got it. I think I'm supposed to be with I thought I was, or maybe I was supposed to be with Billy next. No, I'm, I'm with Billy for sure. You're with yeah. Billy for sure. Mark Rose. Yeah, Mark Rose. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mark. Mark. So Mark Rose is currently a no show. So we got to go find him? He's probably out. Yeah, we got it. But you're with, uh, J you're with Jason. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to. Uh, sure, you can. Or you could just jump in with us and we could go find him. We could do that. We're going to stay live, so we're going to go commercial-free today, kind of on a special uh, media event, BTL. So I'm not exactly sure uh, how exactly this is going to work out. Uh, typically, they do it like kind of two and a half hours, and you have different different media guys, uh, like in Fisherman's here, Louis Stout's here. They also have some in-house uh, photography and camera guys. They're shooting some uh, pro team, I think, pro team journal episodes. Uh, some commercial stuff. So a lot of the stuff that you see for the brands that comes out happens uh, happens at this. You want to be on the BTL podcast? Sure, buddy. Are you uh are you with? Do you do like King of the Bass and all that stuff? I'm Wired to Fish. You're with Wired to Fish. Oh, okay. What's your name? McKeon Roberts. McKeon. All right, Matt. McKeon Wired. So you're all the stuff you see out that'll come out on wired and stuff over the next couple of years, all the tips, all the videos and stuff. This is kind of how, where you get your stuff done. Yes, it is. Yeah. Very cool. All right. I think we're off to find, uh, Mr. Mark Rose. Does that sound good? Yep. All right. In the spacious, uh, in the spacious boat with plenty of room, we could fit like seven or eight more people in here. I am. I'm getting big time by Mark Rose. All right. Here we go. This could take five minutes. It could take, uh, it could take 25 minutes. 
Nick is saying you have a fantastic YouTube channel. Yeah, Word to Fish YouTube channel. Put out a lot of content every week. Lots to learn there. Oh, I thought maybe you personally had one. Word to oh, Fish I, is an industry staple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I go out and make some of my own videos too. Yeah, so you might recognize me from there as well. Okay. Watch your channel. Word2Fish.com or Word to Fish YouTube, yeah. So I make content on words path. I don't really have my own individual The first segment we kinda didn't kinda get light until like eight-ish, so the first segment kinda went went by pretty fast. I saw you looking at those sunken islands Alright. We are headed out to find Mark Rose. Mark has like six six graphs on his boat, so I think we're definitely going to uh, I think we're definitely going to talk a little bit about uh, electronics and how that plays. What's the top speed on the walleye boat? Oh, I get low 60s out of it. Low 60s? That's pretty strong. Yeah. 68's fastest I've ever seen it. I think, I mean, well, yeah, you guys make long, like make long runs, don't you, Tim, yeah, sometimes? Yeah. So you have to have speed and yeah. the ability to handle rough water. What's yeah. the biggest stuff you've ever been to? Oh, I've seen plenty of eight to ten footers. Like that you're fishing in? Yeah. Do they do weather delays in walleye oh, yeah. tournaments? They yeah. do? Yeah. Yeah, we fish a lot of big water, so we're used to big waves, and it's just part of the game where you have to, you know, learn how to fish in those conditions. It's uh, it's not enjoyable when I get to be my age, but it's uh, just something we got to do. It's crazy. All right, we're off to find. Mark Rose, so hang with us. We're going to stay live. It's crazy. It's cra like, so we do, you know, Bass Talk Live podcast. Yep. I make my living on the internet. Bass yep. Zone covering it. Some of the first live coverage out there. Um, but you look at how much digital and electronic plays in the entire industry now like i said we mentioned the graphs you were just doing stuff that's going to be online i mean when you first started this game electronics i mean when you started were you flasher no i wasn't flasher. you weren't flasher. i wasn't there was no gps and all that kind of stuff but yeah technology has just come along man even with you guys matt when i used to come to i mean again you've said we're at a strike king lose writers conference I, I was with like Bassmaster Magazine yeah. writers. That guys sit there and write yeah. these articles. Now you just, Louis still does. Yeah, <laughs> we won't call him out on that. Yeah. Now it's just you know somebody wants some information on a particular topic. You just there's a YouTube video or a social media video on it, so they just watch it now. But but yeah, bass are getting back to the technology on the bass boats. It's incredible, man. Uh, you know advancements now forward imaging being able to see them see your bait how they react to your bait it's just yeah we've come a long way i was talking uh like i said i said spent the first segment in the boat with jason shakur jay shakur's dad he had a, over 102 pounds of smallmouth uh on thousand islands kids like 23 years old yeah do you think uh do you think that it is that it is easier to compete at the higher level because of how much information is available or how, I mean, dude, how do you quantify or differentiate the difference between time on the water and experience and the reduction in the learning curve because of how much is available uh, that you can learn off the water? What are your thoughts on, on that? Well, for those young guys like Jay, I mean, you just met, he caught 102 something pounds of small, I, I would. I'd be willing to say that the biggest percentage of every one of those bass that he weighed in, he probably saw. And I'm not taking anything away from this younger generation like Jay and all these really talented young anglers. Without the technology, they could still do it. But sometimes this old gray hair in a lot of these guys, it it pays off when the rivers rise and things muddy up and that forward imaging is not as important. But man, we've uh, we've done a good job as professional anglers of educating the younger generation, getting them excited, building this sport up, and now they just, man, they're just 
they're just on fire. They're good. I mean, that's just all there is to it. College, high school, college fishing, all that. So much digital uh, material out there for those guys to learn. It's incredible. And they have a passion for it. And I think we've, not only myself, but the Mark Davises, the Kevins, Denny's, Larry Nixon's, George Cocker, all those people, they've helped build an excitement and build a, a, something that's a guy, a young man now can go out and, and make a living at this. He can make a living at it on the media side. He can make a living at it, you know, in on the water uh, as a tournament fisherman. There's so many different facets of tournament fishing, whether you're in the fishing industry, hunting industry, whatever, in the outdoor industry. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to make a living at it. Hi, uh, Mark. How far away are we from a place where we might, uh, where we might be able to uh, to continue the conversation, but watch you cast for some Michigan smallmouth? Uh, not far. All right. We should be able to. All right. Well, we're gonna keep it live. Go ahead and get us there, and yeah. then, uh, and then we'll jump on it and maybe get into some tips, some tips and tactics. Yeah. All right. There's well, a, I do have to use a restroom again. You do have to use a restroom. All right. Can you uh, cut? Can we wait? We, we, we're live. We're live uninterrupted. Can we wait 10 minutes? No? We'll go up to the front then. And we will talk. We will talk. Uh, we will talk about things. So uh, this is the, the beauty of live video is. Uh, <sighs> Anyway, let me uh, look at some comments. If you have a question for Mark, uh, I figured instead of just having him idle around uh, and, and asking questions like he could in the studio, we might as well have him fishing, have a chance to catch some uh, some smallmouth. Are there largemouth in here, too? Uh, I'm sure there's some. There's some. You know, yeah, you don't come this far up in Michigan to catch largemouth, though. Uh, so if you, have, uh, if you have any questions for Mr. Mark Rose, go ahead and get them in in the comments. Uh, and we will get that while Mark, uh, while Mark fishes. So, all right, we're back in action. Good to Sorry, go. Folks. Oh, no. pit stop. It's all good. Uh, boy, my hand is frozen. I don't think I can even bend it after all. <laughs> I, like I said, I just got back from Hartwell. It was, uh, oh, I wore a sweatshirt on the final day and it was like 85 and I didn't realize it until the end of the day. And I was There's like, gloves. No, I'm good. I'm good now. Room. I have to be able to function the, uh, to function the camera, but, uh, we'll get this rod locked uh, up all right so what's been going on I mean, did you do you any have you been shooting some protein well, journals and stuff we out here? shot a television show here yesterday mark davis and i did and we caught them on a carolina rig uh you're gonna have to go take me back to the bank mark i don't do the carolina rig that's a joke i'm just kidding <laughs> we caught them on a carolina well you're gonna when you see that show you'll do you think you can catch one on a carolina rig right now uh, I can if I go up to that point right there. You think you could get a Carolina rig catch on BTL? I mean, for the last three years, I've been trying to, I've been trying to embrace the Carolina rig. I've not <laughs> been able to do it. Well, we can go up there and try. It. All right, what are we going to start We've out with got here? The though? best bait in the world for. It. All right, tips and tricks though. First thing that I noticed right there, he took the rod sleeve off. If you guys are drop shotters. This is key. Look what Mark did to make sure that his drop shot did not get tangled up in his rod sleeve. Piece of a rage bug. Where is that? Let me see. Is that on the camera right there? Yep, there it is right there. Covers a hook point with a piece of a rage bug. On smallmouth tournaments, whenever I have plastics with, like, like that right there, I've got a rage swimmer and a piece of a Zeus worm. I'll put those in my cup holder. There's a basket has got 4,742 cup holders in it. 13. Yep. And I put little pieces of plastic in there, and when I'm drop shotting, I stick them on there so they won't hang on stuff. There you go. There's the education. Yeah, the listeners, uh, it's kind of been a thing for the last three years. We might, towards the end, we might have to make a Hail Mary for a sea rig fish. That would be, that would be a BTL first. We might can catch a... Carolina rig fish. All right. Let me uh, <coughs> first. Oh, holy cow! Can we go through the? Uh, can we go through the plastic storage? I did, I did catch some uh, on a or see some on a drop shot. Okay. 
You're big on the bags. To organize the plastics. I put my plastics in uh, boxes. Why is that? Because they fade. The plastic fades. The color. The, the color of the gets, plastic fades in boxes. Moisture in there really bad. Okay. And this is the what I had in in Mark Davis's boat. The co-angler pack. Yeah, I had the co-angler pack going. Now that's been a very very popular smallmouth bait, especially on uh, Lake St. Clair and also on Thousand Islands recently, is that little Z2, right? Yes. Uh, that right there is like a banana split to a smallmouth. And it's the... Speaking of that 102 pounds, we might be having a bag of what they were caught on right here. The old half shell. All right, but what I was getting at is I, I had to bring uh, the guy with Strike King over here to do some some uh, footage on a new Zeus worm that we have. We just did a quick or uh, next level video, which is kind of a tips and tricks segment of Strike King on social media. You guys can check all that stuff out on all over their website I mean, all over their channels but whenever i was over here i saw some fish right up here so when you said can we possibly catch one i was like i'm gonna go back over there and see if we can catch a couple of those but i saw some right here where we're coming up to while i was just kind of moseying around that's the great thing about forward imaging you can just be out here messing around get lost or drift off of something while you're culling and uh, when you're trolling back up to it, find the mother load that you would have never known was there without forward. All right, drop shot set up. Run me through what we're working with. Uh, I've just got a little quarter ounce teardrop drop shot weight. A little number two hook and a uh, a half shoe. I've noticed a lot of guys up north use a smaller hook than I think the average guy does when it comes to these smallmouth. Is that? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I do. Just it's harder something for about to throw? getting them right there around. You know, smallmouth has that bubble, you know, around their lip, and you like to try to find the gap that fits right in underneath that little ring, and. Uh, keep some pins pretty good okay broad and reel then just a, just a seven foot or what's your this is a uh a little prototype reel from blues um that was one that we were working on but it has taken a, a new step into the custom light um i still use this old reel just kind of it's still in my rod okay. locker but the custom light now is the it's the best spinning reel we've ever had. So go through uh, any like any rod reel company does this. Go through there, say, hey, we're going to come out with a new, or, or they're, we're working on a new line of of reels. Let's do a spinning reel because loses has made a lot of good jumps in, in the spinning reel world over the last couple of years. How does that process go from getting it into your guys's hands to getting it to the the actual customer that you see? Yeah, so this is a prime example right here. This is an old uh, a reel that we went through like three, uh, just trying new reels, different features, adding things. The quality was just incredible on some of these, but there was a little tweak that we could, you know, that's the great thing about uh, Lose. They have a great pro staff that can give them all this feedback and they send us this product and we use it and we're like nah that that could be a little different or made out of a different material or a little better quality here and there and this was one of there's a couple fish right there mm -hmm. this is this is one of the early stages and it has it has gotten way better let me just tell you but they send it to you and say hey try this out let me know what you think drag how it works send it to a couple of the guys and then they get the feedback then they go back to the to the 
I guess, engineers make the tweaks and it's just over and over until it's ready to roll then? Absolutely right. They okay. have different, you know, the people that, um, their engineers that are working on this stuff take that feedback and make the tweaks. So you've also designed like a lot of, you've had like your own line of rods and all that. out. Like how long does that take from concept to production? Is that years and, and dozens and dozens of blanks or do you do, the, are they pretty good at, you know, getting it right within the first couple of tries? It just depends. Sometimes they get it right. Um, an action is so when you, when a fisherman tells them, Hey, I wanted a little more parabolic or I wanted a little faster, a little slow, whatever. Uh, sometimes you get it right. Sometimes you don't, there's mailing in there. There's logistics. There's, there's all different types of uh, variables in that process. But with, uh, with Luz, they're, you know, they're fishermen. So they understand what I'm talking about when I look at that one going right down on it. Working the three graphs here. Um, that looks like this one's for 360. Okay. I really don't. If I was spending more grass time, stuff. Yeah. Holes in grass, stumps, things like that. Uh, I'm moving too fast and we're, we don't have enough time to sit there and go in um, or have time to fool with a 360 right now. 360 is a radar basically and you need to be kind of working kind of slow. Um, it's not, not anything that when you're out here chasing fish around, the forward imaging is so much more effective than 360. However, 360 definitely has its place. We're we're kind of in the age now with forward-facing sonar where everybody is kind of adept at it now. Uh, yeah. That, or, or I would say 80% of guys are out there. Has yeah. it completely changed the smallmouth game up north from when you first started coming up here? Yes, absolutely. Um, you're just looking for fish now. I mean, that, that's just all there is to it. Before, you know, even when I first started being, you know, I grew up on the Mississippi River, so I was all about jumping beaver dams and getting in backwater area when I started. But then I got involved in electronics and had friends and what have you that I learned a lot from. And so I got lost in it. But even when I first came along, it was more about finding, you know, side imaging, down imaging. I got involved in that early on, was able to advance my career because of it, because I had some big wins and what have you. But with forward-facing sonar, you're bait, you're just looking for fish. That's all there is to You can bypass the wanting to see a rock pile or wanting to, see, you know, I'm not looking for grass out here right now, or I'm not looking, I'm specifically looking for a smallmouth right now, and I'm not going to stop until I see one. Whereas... How big of an advantage back in the day? So I want to say what, what that would be, 2006, 2005, 6, 7, when, when the first good side imaging came out. How big of an advantage, oh, there you go. How big of an advantage did the guys have who were early, early on on that side imaging? I mean, was that as big as the guys who got in on forward-facing sonar early for the first couple years? Absolutely, because I'm one of them. Yeah. I can just tell you that it, it, it. I mean, I got, I, I was one of these guys in fishing where I was just, I was making a living, just mm -hmm. a good, honest, you know, living. And I didn't have win, any wins seven years into my career. But then uh, when I got lost into side imaging, down imaging, it just, I took advantage of it pro probably more so and faster than a lot of people did found lots of schools of fish on those Tennessee River tournaments and such and uh, was able to win a tournament every year for five years in a row and that's hard to do uh, now and so it it took my do you remember the first time was career. there a light bulb moment was there someone that you got in the boat with that was like hey you need to look at this like what do you think it was that allowed oh, no you doubt. to be an early adopter y yeah so I became friends with with uh, Randy Haynes. Okay, who, that's uh, not a bad one. <laughs> lives, lives on the, yeah, he, he was a good one. And I learned a lot about just offshore fishing, suspended fish, fish that were out off of the bank. Then uh, I was really involved with an electronic sponsor at the time. And uh, I have chosen to just 
not uh, go that route anymore just simply because – and there was no no hard feelings, mm-hmm. no nothing with any of that. It was just because I wanted the advantages of all of them. Uh, and I felt like that was more important than getting involved in one. But anyway, um, so Randy and I became really good friends. He taught me a lot about just – basically fish out off the bank is best way I know how to put it. And, uh, then I got lost in electronics and, you know, uh, we fed off each other. I helped him with his shallow game and he helped me with my deeper game. And then once I really fell in love with it, I tried to take even what I learned to the next level and still am trying. I'm, I'm more learning off of younger guys now than, than older guys because, for years we've taught kids to uh get off their out of the digital world off the ipad out of the yeah Xbox. get get lose the electronics and get out here breathe the fresh air see the birds see the trees get out here and go fishing now they're coming out here and i say okay we'll do that we'll just take our electronic minds with us and then they just come out here and beat us old guys like a drum now Look. Look at there. We are at the Striking Lose uh, media event up at Mullet Lake in Michigan. Uh, I drove all night from the uh, Bassmaster Open on Hartwell. Actually, it's a long story. I'll get into it on Friday with Bradley Hallman. But it it involves I dropped my phone at the I dropped my phone at the beginning of the week in the water at dusk. Had not been to the VRBO. Had no contacts and ended up because I'd been to Hartwell five years ago. Knew how to get to Clemson, so I ended up driving into Clemson. Everything was closed. I got a hotel room. Ended up getting a new phone. I'm locked out of my iCloud account for eight days. Fish the tournament. Last day of the tournament, I break a brake pad on my truck, which I didn't even know was a thing. And so then I was stuck there until Monday morning. Got it fixed yesterday. And then drove all night. And now I'm out on the water here. So that is the the long and short of how we ended up from South Carolina to uh, to Northern Michigan, and then uh, headed home doing a like I said a BTL day four on day five with Frank Scalish on Friday. Brad Hallman will be at, at noon, and then we'll record some. And then I'm headed to the Bassmaster Open at uh, 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 Sam Rayburn. And then the day after Sam Rayburn, really cool. I remember last year I worked with uh, Adam Bartuzek uh, from the Crappie Chronicles. We fished the St. Jude Bass Classic up on I think pools four and five in Mississippi out of Wabasha, Minnesota. Uh, and you know, raise money. A big shout out to all the BTL viewers who bought that a St. Jude shirt. Uh, I think they raised over three quarters of a million dollars this year. But uh, through that, got an invitation to go to uh, St. Jude in Memphis, which is kind of right there in your your neck of the woods, is it not, Mark? Oh, yeah. Uh, and really excited. Going to go tour uh, that uh, headquarters uh, of St. Jude, uh, just following that open. But have you ever had a chance to go there? Like, how close is that to where you are? In- West Memphis. Uh, I I grew up about 15 minutes from St. Jude. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just a great story of Danny Thomas and his heart, and uh, for for kids and not a kid that goes through St. Jude pays. Not a family. Um, yeah, they they want they want their their focus is on helping the child live and not worrying about money. And Danny Thomas just, he had a vision, man, and it's uh, its still going. If, if you guys are looking for a really cool team tournament, a really good vacation, a place to, to kind of go this year, um, I think they have it the first week of either May. Is it the first week of May? I think it is. You can look it up. It's the same, the Dick Hiley St. Jude Bass Classic. I think they cap it at like 100 boats. Uh, but it is a, a really good payback, but your payback is based on how much money you raise, uh, you fundraise for uh, St. Jude. So top-notch tournament. I don't think I'm going to be able to fish it this year just because of the Bassmaster Open schedule in 2023, but uh, uh, we'll have more on that in the next couple weeks uh, after I get back from that. But if you want to get something on your calendar uh, to look forward to and catch a 
bunch of giant fish. I think we had like a 576 smallmouth there last year. Uh, really cool tournament, really cool event. All right, so we are with Mark Rose right now. And Mark is uh, on top of a smallmouth. Mark's on top of a smallmouth utilizing his electronics. He's got the Lorance mapping down here. He's got the, uh, the live scope there and he's working on the fish. So you drove to, oh, the fish just went down and we might be having a bite here. I'm going to back up. He went down on the weight, didn't he? Yeah. He's not, he's not acting right. By not acting right, what do you mean by that? Um, Smallmouth, they, they, you, you have them that just go right down on it and by the time you pick up, don't, he's on there. And then you have some that like to mess around. That one just swam up and out. All right. You don't fool with those. You people say, "What do you do? How do you make that fish bite?" You don't. You you move. And you that's just going. experience of of dropping on hundreds of these things and seeing how they respond. No doubt. Yep. A lot. A, a lot of people will say, "How do you know that?" I don't know it. I'm just going off of experience and how many times I've done something and it not worked. <laughs> so I play percentages. All right. We have been going. Uh, We've been going live for an hour. Clay would like to know what your biggest bass is. Uh, my biggest bass that I've ever weighed in in a tournament was at Toho. It was when Dean Rojas broke the, which I still think that record stands, does two. it not? Yeah. Yes, it does. Uh, it was in that same tournament, and I weighed in one that weighed 10, 15. I like to call him 11, but I don't. He weighed sight fishing? He weighed, yep, yeah, sight fishing. Caught it on a white tube. And, uh, yeah, I've caught some bigger. I caught one one time in a Texas Toyota Bass Classic back when it was the PAA had it, you know. And uh, I was fishing in a bridge. I've never told Gerald this, but I was fishing the causeway there that goes across Conroe. And I caught one that was just, I don't know what he weighed. He, I say 12-ish, something like that. But Gerald Swindle was just come fixing to come around the corner and i had that fish and i had just caught a six pounder before that and i was like okay this is the deal i'm gonna win the tournament right here and so i let that fish go i wanted to weigh him so bad take a picture with him all that this was when cell phones were out so it wasn't that far ago and uh so yeah i it was a giant man i would have loved to have known what that one i I've talked about this a lot on the show. That was one of my favorite events, the TTBC. It was put on by Texas Parks and Wildlife. That originally started with, like, Kelly Jordan. It was, like, a team format that it was used. It was, like, an original team format in bass fishing. It took the top 15 from the FLW Tour, which you were top 15 every single year. It was the top 15 from the Elite Series and then the top 15 from the PAA, the Professional Anglers Association Tournament Trail, 45 anglers, and then – uh oh that's a big school of perch big school of perch. perch that's how you want a small one. watch this see as it's coming down they'll probably meet it see how they just came right yep. over to it that's yeah, how that you want small mouth to act but that was a really cool tournament that uh that they did a lot with the share luggers he brought one fish across the stage you did you like fishing in those i thought those it was my favorite tournament i've ever fished now we're starting to do some stuff similar like that some specialty type fun tournaments like the team gt series yeah uh, so that's going to be similar where guys are working together being able to talk or what have you but that old uh tournament you're talking about yeah. the ttbc that was so fun like if me and you were on a team we'd be in there in the morning eating hors d'oeuvres and breakfast big screen watching our teammates and then they'd come in at night at lunch mm -hmm. have a big spread and kind of tag tag team talk about the day and go back it was out. big so, money yeah. too wasn't it yeah it was it was big money. like i think it was a hundred thousand that yeah. they split had to split four ways the team series i'm very intrigued I, I watched that first episode and i thought i learned more in 20 minutes about about florida just from listening to chris and bobby than yeah. you do in a whole episode because i mean you're 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 fishing for money you're fishing as a team but you've got to give up some of the juice because you can't really you can't really hold anything back because you have to i mean yeah, i'm sure some guys are i mean thrift with the jerk bait thing was kind of funny but uh 
Yeah, he wouldn't even tell me what he's throwing. I said, Brian, what? T- t- what's the deal? He, you know, he caught like four in a row. I'm like, Chris, what? So, okay, what are you throwing? Jerk bait. No jerk bait, but I'm like, okay, uh, was suspending jerk bait, shad, gold. You know what? What? Uh, floater. Uh, I mean, he literally, he's, that's what makes him so good is that he's so secretive. You, you ain't getting, you don't want to be on a team with thrift because he ain't going to, if he got a little deal figured out, he don't even want to give it to the teammates. Uh, but I'm interested in seeing that. I think that'll be cool. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap things up, but before we do, Mark, are you willing to take, to make a hail Mary? You think you have a spot where you might be able to catch her on a Carolina rig, a BTL first, a Carolina rig fish live on BTL. The camera might malfunction or something if this actually happens. But can we make it? Can we? Can we close out the show with a hail mary sea rig fish? We'll go try. It. All right, Let's we're go gonna about. go try it just for the, for the listeners. All right, here we go. I can't believe I'm actually promoting this, but we're gonna do it. He has the sea the rig on the front deck. It looks to be a a half ounce, or is that a three-quarter? It's a three-quarter. That's a three-quarter. I think it was a half because I use the best Carolina rig sinker in the industry, and that is strike king. There's this, let's see this. I think I got to do it. We've got the, we have a green bead. We have a long leader on that too, Mark, right? I don't. I don't know anything about it. So. I'm not one of those seven foot type deals, but you know, I, here's what I do on a leader. I go about a little further than shoulder, and that's it. Not like that. That's what Peter T used to do. That's why his shoulders are so broad. He always I just go about like that. Okay. All right, we're on our way. This right here, what is what makes us successful, Carolina rig? What is that? That, my friends, is the Strike King Scoundrel. All right, we're on our way to go try to catch one. All right, we're back. We've located, we've moved to a location where Mark Rose believes he has the potential to catch the first Carolina rig bass live in the 17 year history of Bass really? Talk Live. That's because nobody's ever been up with a challenge. You're making Jeffries, Frank Scalish, and, and a plethora of ball and chainers very proud right now at this attempt. All right, we just have a uh, walk us through what we're working with. Well, we've got a the most important part is a scound bug. How do you spend a little leader? Um, we've got a one all mustad grip pin. Carolina rig weight. We have a, I mean, a hook. We've got about, again, I told you it was about hook. About, about like that. A little strike king. That helps make a small, I like a small profile. And that little strike king. All right, I need to stand right here so I don't get rigged. Fish. Was that what uh, Jason was looking for earlier today? The walleyes? Could be. Yeah. We might, we might want to mark that spot for him. He needs a needs a picture fish. All right. We are in the thick of it right now. Mark Rose's Carolina rigging on BTO. We'll give you. We'll give you. Uh, we'll give you about five minutes before we uh, shut her down. Sound good? Good hard bottom right. This lake. It's uh. It's just a sandy. You know the grass has died. I'm sure it had good grass, but grass has died. <laughs> 
and it's mostly sand. And if you find a little bit of rock, that's where those fish are. But man, it's just gotten beat to death over the past several days and or several months, I mean. And uh, what few fish and what few rock piles there is, this is one of them on a main lake point. I mean, it's so obvious, but uh, they've just been pounded. Just all there is to it. They've been pounded. And you're feeling the difference down there, rock, grass, sand. Yeah. So what yeah. do you what we are you looking this... for? Like where do you where does your bite typically gonna come on a spot like this? Like what are you gonna be feeling before the bite? You're just gonna feel that Carolina rig sinker uh hitting that rock. You, you, it'll go from sand to rock. And that is always anytime you you get in that rubble is uh, is what you're looking for on a Carolina rig. Okay. One of the best smallmouth Carolina rig lakes in my country, uh, in my opinion, in the country is Champlain. And every time I go from, I catch them in grass and rock and what have you, but any time that I feel that rubble mixed in that grass, that's the key. And same way here on these lakes. Anytime you go from sand to to gravel or to that rock like right now my carolina rig sinker is really getting in there and they just sit in the craters in the crevices and you know that's where the crawfish are it's just high percentage five minutes huh yeah that's what two casts We'll give you we'll give you a couple more here. I was just thinking that'd be a great way to end the show with like a three pound Carolina ring smallmouth. Good spot to catch one. So you're are you working that faster if you're not feeling anything on the bottom until you hit something so you're almost using it like eyes underwater? Huck that thing for as long as a leader as that is. Too. I've got a signature series uh, Carolina rig rod in this Team Lose lineup, and I designed this rod just for. That was a bite right there. This is the worst possible conditions that you can have. Gin clear water and slick. I've had my most success on a Carolina rig in terrible weather. Really? Yes. That kind of goes against conventional wisdom, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. They just, you get this around them and some nasty weather and they just eat it man especially smallmouth I should say action wise what are you looking for in a Carolina rig rod what what makes the right action? you need to have just a little bit of uh just a little tip to be able to, but most of it needs to be where I can set the hook way out there. there there's going to be a lot, of, even with fluorocarbon, there's going to be a lot of stretch between me and if a fish was to bite it right now. And I need to be able to drive that hook home. And that's where all the, it needs to go way up there, that backbone. And length, you know, this is a 7.5, which is just a really good, it, it, it helps me set the hook way out there. All right. I don't know. I feel
feeling good here. I feel like something might happen. Like, you know how sometimes you just get the, you get some mojo where it's like, I think we need to stick with it for a little bit. Well, that bait is in the juice, right? I now. know your rod tip this, is bouncing. This is terrible conditions. Look at those fish, y'all. That's fish. Mm -hmm. I don't know that they're smallmouth, but I feel like there's some smallmouth in there. So we're we're in the well, the, I think Jeff Creed would call that the nectar sector. <laughs> <laughs> there's no telling. All right, so long cast. You know you're around see, something. I see something right up there. So yep. I don't want to go any farther. I just want to stay off. You're around something living. Let me tell you, here's the reason why Carolina rig is so effective. It's one of the few presentations where that bait is just floating and free. Drop shot, yeah, but still you're connected to a, a uh, vertical connection there. The bait's free, but a Carolina rig, it's just floating. And I think that is one of the reasons why it's just so effective. Do they move on you? Yeah. All right, two more casts. And then my arm's about to fall off, Mark. This is like the, uh, you're an ounce out and you got three minutes left. You just need one more to get back in the top 20. <laughs> They'd win. We're live. Mullet Lake, Michigan, Striking Loose Riders Conference with Mark Rose, Carolina Rigging. Yes, I said it, folks. We're Carolina Rigging with Mark Rose. You go 20 pound or what's your line choice? I throw, most of the time I throw 17 pound Tatsu on my main line and 15 pound on my leader. Both fluoro? I do. Okay. All right, last cast. That is right in them. This brings me back to the bass zone days covering the live footage like a golf commentator. You did some golf footage? No, but I would be like, I remember I'd be like, you know, Denny Brower's up in the bushes. He's got a, he's got a tube. He's got three in the box. <laughs> Had the tough book opened up to a firewire cable to a camera, shooting it back to Mark at the hotel. <laughs> well, as y'all can see, it's good hard bottom. You can see the fish out there, same range I'm at. I got the best equipment in the world. I mean, I'm you, giving them. You got doozy by the conditions. I promise you, what's going to happen is you're going to jack one as soon as we uh, as soon as we end the BTO. Good. I mean, that looks good. Your rod tip is bouncing. It's sticky. That's pretty much everything you want, it's isn't it? You would think one of them would. Now, Mark Davis, we shot, we found these fish yesterday. And Mark Davis has been out here this morning with somebody, so. Just wailing on them. I'm sure. It ain't going to happen, folks. I gave y'all everything that I had. All right. Well, we're going to wrap things up. Started out with uh, Jason Shakurip. Uh, 
I guess he's probably like the Michael Jordan of the walleye world right now. Uh, full-time walleye pro, dad of Jay Shakurit, uh, who I'll be in the boat with uh, tomorrow, weather permitting. And then uh, uh, we got a little bit of uh, kind of some behind the scenes of the Kings of Bass, what goes on at a media event, and then jumped in with Mark Rose. Mark, greatly appreciate the time, uh, the information, and uh, oh, I thought you were about to lean in on one. I was like, there's no way. That would be way too good, a, way too good of an ending. But thanks for jumping on uh, uh, BTL. You bet. Enjoyed it, guys. All right, guys. Uh, we are going to be back hopefully later today. So if you, uh, if you subscribe to BTL, just make sure you have your notifications turned on. Uh, and I think we might be back with a little uh, live action from Mark Zona. Like I said, we'll be back uh, in studio on Friday with two live shows uh, after that. Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for uh, watching the live show. A lot more of this type of stuff to come going into uh, 2023 on location stuff, live stuff uh, in the boat, uh, live from the opens, from elite series events, all sorts of stuff going on. So this has been btl what day of the week is it mark tuesday. on a tuesday see ya <laughs>